Yo, Steve, what's up? Yo, what up? Uh, I already left. Perfect. We're all on time aside from Nav. Talk. Industry talk, industry talk, industry talk, this is industry talk, this is industry talk, live and direct baby on the ones and twos. It's not talked about enough, the mental psyche of a DJ traveling alone, the bottle girls, the bus boys, what specifically can you take out of nightlife that will allow you to find a job later on in life? No, it's no, it's industry. Industry. yeah, it's but it's something to talk about. It matters, it really matters. Those people are trying to put us on more than we're trying to put each other on. Guys, tune in. We'll see you guys next week. And we out. One. It's not a shelf life to this game. There's just a shelf life that you set for yourself. We here, man. In the street talk with Big Ben. And I'm here with the Jason Experience. We are here in the street talk. This is industry talk. Mr. Kid Daytona. And I'm out here with the Jason Experience. This isn't a pizza you put in the microwave at three minutes and come back and it's ready. It takes time. It took me half a decade to just be relevant. Welcome to the Function House. This is Industry Talk, Episode 9, Season 2. Vitaly behind the camera, Mo in the direction, Mike on the production. Marty Rock got flooded. There is no Uber boat, so therefore he was not able to come. I tried to send him an Uber, but apparently there was flood warning, so he wasn't able to make it. Uh, DJ Camillo in the house. Super excited, guys. Clap it up for DJ Camillo being here. We were supposed to have a sound effect for the record. The sound effect was supposed to be here, but again, Marty isn't here, so we weren't able to do that. Uh, I want to jump into to nightlife with you. Let's talk about speed. The theme today is speed. I want to talk about everything, no, not the drug, but the speed of nightlife, the speed of nightlife. And I, I moved a lot from New York to AC to Philly back to New York. That's like a lot for me. Right. And let's say I'll hit nine clubs. Now, when you meet somebody, to, to them, this is a big deal, right? But on your hand, you met them for 30 seconds. And everything becomes like so condensed. Like everything right. is like so fast, like boom, boom, boom. So by the time you're kind of done a full weekend, you've done so many parties, you've met so many people, when do you get a chance to soak it in? To what? To, to just soak it in. Like when do you get to like actually enjoy the success? Cause you're always just moving around. I mean, you know, being a DJ so many years, it's like I'm numb, I'm numb to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You do it so much. A lot of times, it's come to the point where just doing a spot that's 500 people is not a, not a big, big deal. deal. My, uh, versus when I was first starting, 500 people for me was like the world. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Nowadays, it's just like it. it it's work. I mean, it's still fun for me. Let's not get it wrong. I do it so much because I love it. But um, I don't get to suck it in anymore. Like you know, pause. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like... I think that this... The, 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 we don't get a chance to soak it in, but at least you get a chance to, to, to make real relationships in clubs. Because I have this problem with the people that I meet in these clubs. Let's say the security guy that works at the residency you have. Right. You can know him for four years, but you don't actually know him. You've only known him for one hour per day right. in 52 weeks. So right. you don't know his background. You don't know where he's from. You don't know anything about him. Right. So you consistently have relationships that are kind of like misguided to a point. Oh, yeah, yeah, and bartenders and waitresses Everything. and and security, like you say, even the club owners, even some club owners, like, you know, it's all for that Boom. quick hot minute, you know, quick conversations. A lot of times, bathroom attendants that have been in the establishment for years, you get to know them, you know. They're some of the realest people because mm -hmm. they will tell you straight up, you know, how tonight was. Or, you know, you know, you you start to build this relationship. It's like a working relationship, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's it's bugged out. It it comes it comes from I, I'm asking you from a point from my standpoint because 
I consistently try to work the same venues. You know, I, I try to work the same places for four years, five years, build my brand specific to these venues so people can correlate the success of the venue to the success of the brand and it can continue to grow. When you're moving as fast as you're moving, like club to club to club to club, what's your actual like long-standing relationship with a promoter or an owner? Like, what's the longest uh, well, relationship you have? It, it depends, man. It's a case by case, you know, because there are a lot of promoters that move around nowadays. Mm -hmm. It's not like back in the days where a promoter was at a, a place for five years. Those days are kind of over. Places don't last right. five years. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, in New York City, so many places have closed down that, you know, promoters are, are, are dying for new venues. That, you know, yeah. um, for Manhattan, let's say, a lot of promoters just had to leave Manhattan and go to the outer boroughs. Um, but, you know, it's a case-by-case case case scenario where... Who's the longest, like right now, point day and age to when you started? There has to be one promoter that... There's not one promoter that booked you consistently throughout? Um, let me see. Wow, that's a good question. Uh, fully equipped. Charles fully equipped. Okay. He, was, he started in the game late 90s. And he's still around. Still here. He's doing Amadeus on Saturdays. He does Hangar in Queens, you know. Um, That's about it, though. There's not too many. No, there's more. There's a few more. Some people going to get hurt, but man. They're going to get hurt. They're going to get hurt at home if they watch this. Huh? They're going to get hurt. You know promoters get hurt, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, listen, I can stand here and, and, and name you a bunch of people, but, you know, like I said, it, it, this game now, it's quick, mm -hmm. you know. Um, these these clubs they don't last forever. I mean, you know. I we've closed down Cielo, we've closed down Highline, we've closed down. Cielo was a great oh one, man. God, I I'm so proud of the fact that we was able to be there like the last kind of like two nights, and it was my birthday too, so it was an incredible night. Cielo nightclub, Outputs closed, Riff Raff is closed, uh, dude. Finale nightclub back in the day. I don't know if you remember Finale. Not back in the day. I know I'm young guys. Relax, okay? <laughs> old heads out here gonna talk about Studio. 54 and all that other good stuff. but Nah, but, but let's just take it 10 years back. Mm -hmm. You know, you had Mansion, Crowbar, Home, Guest House, Quo, all Stereo. All that same neighborhood, too. Amnesia. Same block. Same block, right. Um, well, I just named you seven yeah. joints. Yeah. I, I, we could keep going. Like, but, even the Seaport had a club. But that's the funny part, right? So, so you, expect, you expect less clubs, right? Less DJs. We have, we have less clubs now, right? But... We have more DJs. Well, I think, I think technology has a lot to do with that. You know, um, technology makes DJs come up quicker. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden you have a bunch of female DJs. I guarantee you, because of technology that's happened, it's just easy to become. You know, back in the days when I was coming up, it was just vinyl. Mm -hmm. You didn't see girls carrying crates of, of vinyl moving around. There was very few. They were, but very few. Technology, you know, nowadays you just buy a laptop and a year later, oh, I'm a DJ. You talked about speed of, of, of becoming a DJ because you can just download an app, basically download a service on your laptop and then you're a DJ. Now, I see the, the social media guy, the kids, the kids that pop on social media young. Right. The 21-year-olds, the 22-year-olds, and it gets to that point so fast. And then they get booked by a club owner because they're expecting this kid to bring a crowd and he's 22 headlining 1,000 people. It's absurd. Right. It's absurd, and, and the kid has no clue how to DJ. And that whatsoever. kid is headlining? Whatsoever. Terrible. I'm saying that, that DJ's headlining? Yeah, and he's headlining, and, and the kid's headlining. And it, does, it doesn't make me mad at all. What makes me mad is there's no humbling process. You grew up carrying someone's crates, correct? Who was the DJ that you carried crates for? Um, my guys around the way, you know, guys, when I started, I started as a hobby. So guys around the way, like DJ Uter, and, you know, these are guys that don't even live in the States anymore. Or Jack, or like, you know, but that's how I learned around the way. Mm -hmm. You know but what I'm saying? But that's what it took, right? That's what it took, you know. But, but with, with that being said, easy come, easy go. Those guys that make it in, in a year, they fade away quick too. Because I've seen a lot of kids fade away. <laughs> it, like, if you really gonna establish your name and brand yourself, that takes a long time. You know what I'm saying? It's not as easy as, okay, boom, I got him for this gig and he's headlining. And he's in front of a thousand people, okay, but it's all about the following. How do you create a following? You need to have a name. You know what I'm saying? And you're not gonna build a name, just two, three gigs. 
it's like if you build if you build something for five years, it's gonna last for fifty. If you build it for one, it's probably gonna last for five. Like it takes a long time to build that foundation. It really does. Right. And but, but furthermore, even to this day, like I've been in the game for a long time. To this day, I'm pushing my name to a new audience. So it's like you restarting all over again. You know what I'm saying? You gotta keep branding yourself, keep promoting yourself. Was there ever a rebrand, a Camillo rebrand, where you have to stop and say, listen, this is not the direction I wanna go with, I have to rebrand everything? And No, I just, I never stopped, ever. I just kept going. Um, there might have been different challenges, you know, but I just kept going, uh, whether it was radio or night, nightclubs, you know. Back in the day, I used to do mixtapes. That was my game, mixtapes. Mm -hmm. That's how I got my, my, my name out there, putting these mixtapes out. And these mixtapes started circulating. And really, I was really doing the mixtapes, not for the people, it was really for the promoters. So I was handing them out, because I wanted to be in the club. But then I was, after me handing them out, so many people started asking for the next tape. The next tape, I said, fuck the promoter. These people want the mixtapes. And I started doing it for, you know, for the streets. And that really put my name out there. This is before social media, before, you know, that was, that was the way in for me. I just want to talk to you about technology for a second. You mentioned it earlier. The, the fusion of technology and nightclubs is, is really, really fascinating to me. Like you see casinos, you see them control temperature, control lighting, control literally every single aspect of the room. I feel like in 10 to 15 years, you're not going to have dealers anymore. You'll probably just have robots. Now, you have gamblers that would say, hey, you know what? I want that real feel. I want the person in front of me. Those guys are going to move to mom and pop shops and the corporations are just going to go and get robots. Right. I see the transition in nightlife as well with DJs, with servers, with almost everything. Why do you not think, do you think that AI would eventually take over nightlife to a point where we're going to have to now open up like the underground clubs and rock I, out that way? I don't know. I, I don't see it like that. I, there's no way a robot's going to create a moment and emotion. Like, I'm going to give you an example. You walk into a room, you have to Take them on a roller coaster ride. You have to look at the crowd. If there's more girls than guys, you're gonna. I play different. Um, if if it's more of a Caribbean crowd tonight, or uh, Latin crowd tonight, I'm gonna go that route harder than my regular set. I, how can a robot, you know? It can. It really can. Like it really can. If, it, how can a robot stop the party and talk shit for a good? 30 seconds and, and shift the whole room. I, I completely agree with you that there are things it cannot do, but I do think that if you give an owner an option to buy something for $50,000 that's gonna <laughs> last him the whole entire year and give a subpar performance that will still sell tickets, I promise you, I can guarantee to everybody watching, if your margins are cut in half by using a robot to DJ, it will happen. I get it, but I, I don't know. I don't see it happening. Ah, we can agree to disagree on this. I don't see how. On this. Fast, we're talking about speed, so let's talk about fast money. We make fast money. A lot of people spend it really fast. You've made some great investments. Talk to me about some of the investments you made over the years. Um, well, I have uh, three restaurants, Latin Fusion restaurants in Long Island City, Queens, Astoria, Queens. I have two pizza shops. Um, and basically, I was the type of person, instead of me buying a Lambo and a Ferrari and this and jewelry, and I was like, Nah, man, I, you know, I have to think bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? And I also got to think for the future. Do I want to DJ forever? Yes. Am I going to be that dude forever? Realistically, no. <laughs> Realistically. Am I going to be 65 years old and popping out here? You know what I'm saying? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. 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 Maybe not. But, you know, moving forward, like, you have to think, okay, what else am I going to do? So I invested my money in, in, in situations. Why restaurants, though? It, it, got, it was the right timing, man. It got put in front, of my, in front of me, proposed to me with my boys from back in the days. So we used to be club promoters, by the way. And Your boys and you? My boys that I grew up with, went to high school, used to be club promoters. And said, yo, I want to open up this restaurant. Are you down? And, you know, these are guys that I grew up with and, and known for years. And they work hard. And we knew nothing about the restaurant game whatsoever. But I was like, of course. <laughs> you know, we started small. Um... Open up this, this, this restaurant in Long Island City, 60, 70 people, chairs, seats, and um, from there we grew. You know, it's called Blend. From there we grew. The second, the second restaurant 
another like crazy good luck charm that just landed in front of us was they were building high rise in Long Island City mm -hmm. right on top of the water. And those same people that uh, construction people and um, the architects were coming to eat lunch at our, our place. Oh, wow. So like, yo, what are you doing with this place? I want to, you know, we have this, 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 um, this space right in front of the water. I want you to look at it. We went over there and we were just blown out. Wow. <laughs> and we just took it and when we opened, it was a struggle, but it became the hot spot in Long Island City. The restaurant business is like something that's very hard to sustain. Tough. Very hard to sustain. I know a lot of people open, close, open, close, like so often. That's why I was surprised I was, I was going oh, through it. We took some major L's in the beginning, but you know, you live and learn, man. You, mm -hmm. We learn by our mistakes. You know, we, we, we had the community board against us first two years, Oof. no liquor license the first two years. Nothing. Nothing. They thought you guys wanted to build a club they out thought, of it. They, they thought you were going to build a club, a brunch, and make it ratchet go. as hell. And they thought we were going to become a strip club. <laughs> we're like, yo, we just want to do food, man. But we proved them wrong, and we got our liquor license, and for the second spot, we got it. And then we just took off, man. We, you know, very successful. I love, I love the fact that you talk, like, when I, when, I, when I go through your Snapchat stories and your IG stories, you include your family in a lot of content. It's, it's, it's really dope. When did you really go from only giving them business to giving also a little bit of your personal life? Um, you know, when social media first started, I was really against putting up my kids on, on the gram, only because it was, it was so new. And I wasn't one of those people to put all my business out there. But you know, after a while, you, you start to get caught up. Mm -hmm. You know, after a while, my kids have gotten bigger. They're on social media. And it was just, I became, Every day I was promoting myself, doing this and that. And I just, in my crib, I'm over here just bugging out. And people were just loving it. Like, wow, this is Camilo's other life, you know? We don't get to see this. I started getting so much great feedback and people were like, just loving the fact that, wow, you're a family man. Yeah. You're just not, not out here doing these clubs and this and that. And you know, me coming up, a lot of DJs would ask me like, how do you do with your girl? Cause yeah. my girl, man, my girl, she beats me up, man. She doesn't understand. I'm trying to do this and that. And I kept telling them, like, yo, you gotta be a hundred with your girl, man. And your girl gotta understand this is what you do for a living. A lot of people at home are gonna hear what you're and not understand what you're trying to say, really, because I feel that this this topic that you just brought up is super important. There is no there is no need to have somebody with you. But if you're gonna have somebody with you, how, how do you think that someone in our business should navigate their relationships? I mean, listen, that woman has to just hold you down and understand what type of business you're in. Um, for me, I'm lucky, man. I, I, you know, my girl's been with me since way before the nightclubs and the radio and all that, and she saw the, the growth. She saw what it was. She was out there moving mixtapes with me, man. So she was there from Gideon, so she understood. Um, you know, coming up, I'm very sure for a 23-year-old having a girl next to you, it's a different ball game. It's a whole different mentality. There's girls all over the nightclub. Yeah. You know, everybody's drinking. You know, and shit happens. For me, it's just different because I've been in the game forever. So you're diluted and just like doesn't feel, like you're, you're basically diluted the whole scene, right? Like when you go into a club now, you're not like fascinated by everything. It takes a lot to like be like, wow. Once again, I'm numb. Yeah, that's like it doesn't, you know, when you got these three dancers half naked in yep, front of you. For the whole night. I'm playing. Like, to me, it's like, okay, been there, done it, seen this. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what this is. Half of these girls up here just here to do their job and be out. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of people back home know that. Um, <laughs> not a lot of people go to the club know that the girls just want to go home. Right, uh, right, right. Really, they, they, they really think that they're, we're not, it's a whole subject for a whole other time. Uh, let's talk about Hot 97. When did the Hot 97 thing come to be? Um, and where do you see radio going in the next five to ten years as well? Um, High 97, for me, radio was a goal, was a dream come true. And for me, it started in 01. Um, DJ Enough had a lot to do with it. Shout out to DJ Enough. He, had, he, had, you know, he, he kind of put me in that zone, and um, he used to do mornings, and I used to be around. You know, Enough is another person I kind of helped out, carried his crates here and there. Um, he's the one that one morning he was doing the morning show with Buckwild. Mm -hmm. um, um, I forgot their name. Not familiar. 
Star and Buckwild. There you there go, you go. V. Star, how can you forget Star and Buckwild? That's our life. So right he couldn't make it one morning. He said, yo, I need you to fill in for me. So I went with DJ Thread, who passed away, by the way, and um, filled in for him in the morning. I was nervous as fuck, you know. But, you know, I was just, wow, I'm here. Wow, High 97. Later on, they made a, created this midnight show on Saturdays where I was just doing once, once a month called Take It to the Streets. I believe it was me, K. Slay, Envy, oh, and wow. Green Lantern. That's a, that's a lineup. Yeah, that was cool. You know, it was once a month, and I just got up there. And back then, radio was real, real fun because you would go up there at midnight, Saturday night. You were able to curse, right, on, on, on like, late night? Wasn't that like back in like 2000s? Weren't you able to like curse like really late night on the radio? Nah, 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 not curse, but you let a lot of things slide. Yeah. You know, the N-word would slide here and there. <laughs> and most importantly, you just go up there and play, have fun. From 12 to 4 a.m. going. I really had no, not too many rules. Radio was different back then to have fun. That was one of my best times doing radio. Then later on, I got offered a, a, a weekend Friday night show. From there on, I leveled up. They gave me my own reggaeton show. That's when 2006, 2005 reggaeton started really popping. They gave me my own show. I took that somewhere else because it started at 1 in the morning on Sundays. Mm -hmm. It did so well. They moved it up to 9 p.m. on Sundays. It went crazy. Then that genre kind of fell off. They gave me a Friday, 7 p.m. And now I'm on every day from 4 to 6. What, I believe the most listened to show. It's the most listened to hour, yeah. Because it's, it's rush hour. Like you got mornings, which is very most listened to, and then you got afternoon drives, which is most listened to. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's man, incredible. listen, that, so was a, that was a dream come true. You're part of the group called the Heavy Hitters? The Heavy Hitters. The group DJ thing doesn't really work anymore. Why do you um, think that is? I, I never considered the Heavy Hitters to be a group thing. It's more like a family thing. And to be honest with you, we still... Oh, no, no I'm saying the new, there's no new like DJ groups that are like popping right now right that's what I, I, mean. I that's why i say i consider us a family a crew a brotherhood mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying we hold each other down i think that's why we survived you know we're strong all around the country a lot of us are on radio prime time um and you know it's i think it's worked for us because it's a brotherhood you know what i'm saying somebody has issues or goes through a, a, a certain situation for instance pretty lou he has cancer you know what yes. i'm saying yeah. and we've been Riding with him, holding yeah. him down, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like, you don't see that union with DJs. Most of the times these DJ crews are put together, it's mostly for a business aspect. And I think that's why it falls apart. We talk a lot about um, going from Queens to New York to Brooklyn. You're never late. I just want to know if traffic stops you. I don't understand this. Like, nah, you're, you're doing three, four parties a night. I, I literally... Never see you late, and I'm like, I'm a New York head, man. We got to know how to get around the way of the city, around the city. Sometimes, you know, car service, bro. I don't want to drive neither. You know, when I have three gigs, I don't drive. It just no need to. It makes no sense to. You don't have time for parking. The valet, there's this. You need a car service with you, you know. Um, and there's other times, for instance, you know, I double and triple book, but I do things that make sense. So, if I double book, I'm double booking because I'm in Jersey, Jersey. Prime times at mid. Yeah, night. you can go anywhere in Jersey at 2 a.m. Right, 2 a.m. The clubs, the clubs are over. Prime time in New York is 2 a.m. Oh, okay. So you, you literally have like logistics done and all that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not. I don't want to play at a spot. I mean, there's times I've gotten caught out there, but at a bad time. But I, pretty much the, the the nightclubs that I lock in, you know, we're on prime time sets. Mm -hmm. So Jersey, prime time, New York, prime, prime time. time. Strip club at the end. I, I, you know, strip clubs, um, yeah, we do them. I'm not a fan of them, never were, was a fan of them. Just, but I did them because, like, in 2010, it's just the culture shifted to that. It, it, it did, like, very severely, and I think it's because, you tell me if I'm right, because the promoters were trash, and <laughs> we, found, we found that we can have a bottle girl sell 20K in clients for us and only pay her the percentage that the client pays are not pay our base salary. So you have strip clubs taking 12 bottle girls, doing a photo shoot of them, using them to literally interact with clients online all day on Instagram, and then sell you bottles. They're promoters that are not getting paid. I, I wanna say that that's nowadays. That's in the last three years, mm. four years. When it first came up here, remember, that strip, game, strip, strip club game 
really was big in the South. And I think, I think it came up here in New York, 2010, 9-11, because of the culture, because of the music. So, I, and I want to say, you know, not to take credit, but I want to say Perfections in New York was really stamped it. Yeah, you had another, a lot of strip clubs, you had the Sin Cities and this and that, but when Perfections came on a map in New York, that really changed the game. And it was new for these promoters to jump on that. This is before the whole, you know, bottle, bottle waitress, service era. And, and the, not the bottle service era, the waitresses being so popular. This is before that. Mm -hmm. This is when that took off and then the waitress got popular. You know, um, I, I, I'm, I really believe that Perfections was one of the key clubs, strip clubs in New York that changed the, the whole night scene. You said New Jersey closes at two, New York closes at four. Back in the day, I know I talked to Vitaly all the time, and he's like, yeah, man, we used to party till 7, 8 a.m. in the morning. No one shut us down. We were DJing. You think if that culture still existed, you would do four to five bookings a day? Like, if you, if you could have got a bag like I, after I, hours? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't... I hate to do three clubs in one night. And it's rare. Mm -hmm. Two all the time. Three, I think you lose, you definitely lose out. Either you lose on your set, you lose on a club, like you're not gonna make it on time. I don't mm -hmm. care, you know. That's why it's rare that I, I do the triple bookings only when I have to, you know, a lot of times. Well, sometimes the promoters force you, you can be honest. Yeah, the promoters always, force you. The promoters, yeah. and, I, and I'm guilty of it, the promoters, you know, they force you, they, yo, you know, please, that, that, you don't that. give me dates, this and that, just come in at three o'clock, blah, blah, blah. Mr. Nice Guy here, yeah. I got you, I got you, blah, blah, blah. But you take a, you, you kind of take a L doing that, you know, but it works when you do day parties. And then you go one, you come to a day party, five o'clock, six o'clock, rock, and then you do two night parties and you're good. It's but so it's about, exhausting, man. I don't know how you do. I do three. I do three, three and exhausting. I'm not DJing. You're working up there. That's that's difficult. Like you're up there sometimes in the sun, 95, 90 degrees, pool party. Then you go into a. Listen, I come from the era. I think we started all that. What? The, I see now the the whole double booking this that, but now I see, now I see these guys overdoing it, like overdoing it. Way overdoing yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, that's out of hand. And you're not even getting paid. Half the time. Huh? They're not even getting paid. No, they're not the getting paid. And, uh, you know, listen, respect to all of them because the hustle, it is what it is. You got to hustle in this game. Nowadays, it's even tougher. But quantity is not. Not everything. Not everything. The real difference between DJing back then and now is back then, I could be flex, tunnel flex, and I could go into all those different rooms and play like tunnel flex because they, it's like they wanted a piece of it. Now, mm. my playing in vintage is totally different from the way I play uh, at a ticketed event or a Juice World concert. I've already accepted him for not what he isn't, but what he is. Right. He's successful, he's built an audience. For some reason, whatever record he made makes these thousand people jump. He did his job. So my job is to right. and feel good about it. Every DJ would tell you they don't like a half-full room. Mm -hmm. It makes them mad. I love a half-full room. And I could know at 1.30 if this ain't going to fill up. All right, let's see if, I'm, let's see if you niggas going to sit down while I'm here. So I take that as a challenge because if I can, if I can keep the half-full room rocking, that means when, I, when this shit is rammed, I'm going to rip the paint off this wall. <laughs> We talk about the current state of nightlife, the current state of DJs, and the current state of, of like the progression of, of music. A lot of Latin and hip hop, that Latin and hip hop fusion. I attribute a lot of that to you, to how how you DJ and how you've really fused the two together so right. seamlessly. When did that really come to be, and is that something that you're really proud of, like to present? Oh, 100%. I mean, me growing up in New York, obviously, you know, I'm Latin, and my crowd, the people that follow me, loyal. That's the thing nowadays with DJs having a following. A lot of DJs don't have followers. Right. You know what I'm saying? I created that, that hub that follows me and they always been Latin. With that being said, the music changed. I think in 2005, I'll take it back again, you know, reggaeton made it very popular. Um, back in 2005, we was doing Exit Nightclub, 3,000 people. 
Daddy Yankee, Camelo on a set, movie. You know, that opened the doors for, for, for that whole new wave. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, then it, then it, quieted, it quieted down like in 2010. Then all of a sudden, 2019, it's so heavy. It's back so hard. Like, it's, it's, it's incredible. Reggaeton right There's now. There's full albums, hip-hop and reggaeton. There's like yeah, so much going like, on. And, and not only that, you know, I'm going to give you an example. Like you go down, I, you know, I play in Miami a lot. You would never at a hip-hop party catch a DJ playing Latin music. Nowadays, Everywhere. Like you'll catch it at a story, at a live. Like they would not touch it. They wouldn't touch it. But they're forced to because it's so popular. You know, I remember one time playing at Live, and this is, I think this was the second time I played at Live. It was a Sunday. You know, Live on Sunday, that's the biggest hip-hop party. Yeah, in the world, basically. In the well, East, East Coast, Coast. East Coast, at least East Coast. You know, long-lasting. Mm -hmm. I did a, you know, I came in there. When I, play, when I play in Miami, a lot of times are big weekends and have a big New York following. So I'm looking at the crowd, what I do. Boom, New York, boom, New York, boom, New York. Oh, Uptown. Oh, okay, this is in here. So, you know, I did my little set. Then I hit him with some Latin. Party, rocking. Everybody feeling the vibe. And went back to hip hop. Then at the end of the night, I got the heat like, yo, that's not what we do here, blah, 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 blah this and that. I'm like, yo, I'm playing for the crowd, man. But, you know, but, but you that's, what, that's what makes me who I am. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, at the end of the day, I got to play for what I do. But are, you have no fear of, uh, so when the GM is walking through the crowd, right, and he hears you play one song from left field, gets pissed off, puts me in a group text with 19 other guys that are, like, running the show, who booked this guy, da, 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 da. You have no fear of that anymore, do you? I, I, I mean, where I'm at in my career now, I don't get that. Mm -hmm. I might not play in a lot of places nowadays because of that. It's very possible. Um... But you know, I, the people that hire me know what they hire me for. Like, you get in Camillo, it's, it's yeah. what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm a hip hop DJ, but that's not all we do. And yeah, do I have a Latin, Latin following? This is what we're giving them. You gotta, you gotta play for the crowd. You can't play for the club at the end of the day. Right. I'm gonna give you an example. You're very familiar with Lasuk, and Lasuk is the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. you go in there and you just go with the vibe, man. Do I play reggaeton in Lasuk? 100%. Does it ring? 100%. You just gotta give the crowd what they want. Yeah, but the, oh, the younger guys that come on the show, they say the complete opposite, which is, I like, I like the, the They say the opposite? They say the complete opposite. They, they say, won't touch it? They won't, uh, at the end of the day, man, this guy cuts my check, and you know, I got kids, and, uh, and my rent. And I guess they're in a different position because you know, they don't have the leverage that you have over, over, over these venues. And I think you have the leverage because again, you built a brand rather than just a DJ. So you're getting booked as a complete total brand. You know, sometimes those guys, they need to protect their job. You know what I'm saying? If the GM is not happy with you, a promoter, and it's all about bottles mm -hmm. and making this table happy, they're going to get rid of you. And so I, I get it why they move like that. You know, I'm pretty sure most DJs want to bust a nut and play their, their way. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and you know, but some are, some are, some are. DJs love talking about taking you on a journey. Every single time I talk, I'm about to take you guys on a journey. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's the best feeling because you're taking them on a roller coaster. Right? You're bringing them up, you're bringing them down. I'm giving you this, and I'm slapping you with the fucking aggressive, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? I could curse you. Right? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. You're unfiltered, baby. Yeah, it's unfiltered. So, so, and that, and to me, those are I'm the best parties. I'm gonna need an industry talk drop too before we leave. Uh, all right, got you. But those are the best parties, man. When you take a crowd on a roller coaster ride, you know, those are the crowds that dance. Yes, those are the crowds that probably spend less money, mm -hmm. bottle bottle wise. But to me, those are the best, the most you know. fun parties to play. At. And and not to shit on New York City, but downtown lost that. So let's talk about it. You want to talk about downtown? We can talk. So I I actually. Shout out to Marty Rock, he's back home. Uh, he was supposed to be on his set today, my partner. He had a question that he sent in to me earlier today and he couldn't make it because of the rain, so I'm just gonna ask you it. We don't really see you at the towels, the one host, the up and downs. If, let's say, that was offered to you, is that even something you would do? Because you're gonna have to change at least a little bit of your style. Yeah, right. Would you cave a little bit for I did, that I brand? I did one oak twice. 
I, I, yeah, twice. And I already knew what I was walking into. You know, that's the other thing. As a DJ, you got to know what you're walking into. You know, sometimes you can't be 100% Camilla walking into certain situations. You got to be 50%. And then you in an environment mm -hmm. where you're not there every week. They're used to a certain where, the, you know, the dice rolls. So, you know, you play, I played a little different, you know. Uh, I, th I believe one night it was, it was me, it was Jusky. It was, it was actually... It was like, a, was it a Rock Nation Christmas party? I don't know what it was. Something of that sort. So yeah, I, I switched it up. Mm -hmm. I switched it up and whatever, great. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was all right. It was all right. It was all right. Uh, all right. One, more, one more from Marty Rock. Again, this is another question he asked me earlier. I know you were out with your knee for a long time. For, for, oh, for yeah. Summer. And for a guy like you who, who, who needs to be moving, who needs, like you get an itch, like if you're not, if you're not working, I feel like. Yeah. You know, How was that, just being stagnant for that long? So I was in Europe doing a, 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 a little tour run. I played in Italy one night at a beach. 6,000 people. Amazing. Got on a plane, flew over to this little country called Moldova. Whew. Moldovian girls are beautiful. I never even heard of it. Beautiful girls. Where are we going? Moldova. Okay, this, you know, so this is Eastern Europe. Bottom line is I broke my knee. This How is, did you break your knee? What's your story? This, this, this is funny because everybody thinks it's a motorcycle, a car accident. <laughs> it happened in a bathroom, bro. And, and yeah, I really haven't told the story. It happened in a bathroom. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't, this happened at 9 p.m. I busted my ass in a bathroom just to get straight to the point next to the toilet. Almost, almost hit my head at the sink. How did you get up? I didn't. I crawled back. Ooh. Oh, my boy. He was in the other room, other hotel. <laughs> I call my boy Lou. Yo, Lou, I need you over here, bro. I'm over here gushing. The whole time I just thought I, I, just, I just opened up my knee. I didn't uh -huh. think I broke anything. I said, okay, it's a cut. But I couldn't get up. Bottom line is I broke my patella bone, which is the kneecap. And um, I was a total train wreck, man. Total train wreck. I refused to get surgery over there. Took the next flight back to New York with a broken knee. Got surgery here the whole summer. I was sitting off. there like brutal like that. It was. I'm crazy. guessing your first class. It changed bro. me. It I'm changed me. It humbled class. the shit out of me. It changed me completely. That happened June 28th. The entire summer, the doctor said you can't do anything for the whole summer. You got to stay. So I, I took off from radio, zero gigs. But at the same time, I was off for the first time in like. 16, 17 years, a whole summer. Yo, for that first time, I got to see my kids like every day from morning to lunchtime, nighttime to again and again. And, and, and I appreciated it so much. It just changed me, man. I'm like, wow. You know, I started to, to realize as a DJ, like, yo, you got to really take advantage of, besides this nightlife shit, like, yo, you, I got kids, man. You know, and then I think that's why the social media, me and my family, also, that's another reason why I made it, I started making it so, you know, put it on the gram so much, because I just started appreciating it so much, like, damn, you know, family's everything. Like, that was the year, I was like, yeah, family's fucking everything. I think that goes back to our first question when we asked you, uh, when do you retain, when did you retain, like, success? I think that's when it is, when you're with your kids. To me, at least, that's when I see you, like, I. The clubs and the clubs, everything. But this is when I get to see the, the, the fruits of my success. Right. And, and, and that, that whole year, man, like, like I really suck it in, man. I said, pause. you know. Huh? Pause. Oh, pause. Oh, yeah. Pause. Yeah, that year really, you know, it changed me, man. And I said, you know, moving forward, man, it's not all about this, this, this. Because, you know, we want to, when you're a DJ, man, you, you want to succeed so bad. You at least me, and you're on top of the game. Every day the game is changing, the music is changing, it's, and you're on radio, and you're doing nightlife, this and that. Man, it's never ending, it's a 24-hour job. You know what I'm saying? So that just, it kind of, you kind of forget about the important things. Mm -hmm. You know, that year, man, for me, it just. A lot of people, a lot of DJs want the clout, but they don't, Blueface is a rapper, you know? He's, he doesn't want to rap. He doesn't care about the music. He just wants to be popping. 
And a lot of these DJs now, that's what they want. I know that because their first reaction is, not I want to play a specific venue, not I want to play a specific room or a specific vibe. It's I want the festival stage. I want the biggest spot. I want easy come, easy go. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. Like, it's like anything in life, man. If you're going to be a great lawyer, you're going to have to study for hours. And you're going to have to be under somebody's wing for hours and go to be in that courtroom being the coffee guy for hours. You got to you do your dues. You gotta I don't, pay, I don't exactly. see the younger generation doing it. They're just cutting their dues out by skipping. And I see the same with promoting as well. Like I see clubs pay these models who have 150,000 followers like $2,000 to show up and host a party. And I'm like, this girl's going to bring like six people. Right. Six people. And right. there's so many people in the club getting paid for stuff that they're not even doing. They're just hanging out. Yep. You have guys that are getting 10, 15% on rooms because they've been brokering it for 40 years, for 30 years, for 20 years. I'll be years. honest with you. I look at the young DJs coming up now and there's very few that I see, oh, he got something. I can't. Like, you tell me. Do you see, like, in New York, like, no. wow, this guy reminds me of so-and-so DJ Look, coming up. There's a lot of young kids out there that are being directed now, and I feel like those are the guys who are going to do well and succeed. When I see people with mentors that are successful, I usually see a successful apprentice. So for me, it's all about leadership. That's our fault. If they're not doing their job, that's our fault. Yep. We didn't translate. We didn't communicate. We didn't take out the time to be like, hey, you know what, man? You probably shouldn't have said that. You probably shouldn't have put that up there. Send me a Serato list. Tell me what you spun last night. Send me the whole list. I want to go through it. You know what? Don't play this. Don't play that. Don't play this. You know what? You don't need to edit. You don't need a bootleg for every single song. Right. No one tells them that. So how, how are we not accountable as people that are doing the bookings and an OG who's been in the game for so long? It's our job to communicate to the oh, new generation. Absolutely. I, you, listen, there's times that uh, I've had DJs say, yo, um, can I buy your, your music? <laughs> I said, come on, man. You serious? You asking me this question? Like, how, how does that even sound right? Like, bro, go do your homework. Mm -hmm. Oh, you need a song? I got you. Like, I ain't giving you my catalog that I put together the way I put it, you know, cues and everything. Like, that makes no sense. Like, hello? I don't respect that at all. Let's talk about a couple more don'ts and and things you don't respect. <laughs> Give me some nightlife nuances that you hate. N nightlife what? L nightlife nuances, like different things that occur in nightlife that you're like, dude, I, I love everything about, but I just hate fucking this. this DJ wise or just DJ wise nightlife. It's nightlife that I hate. Um, I, you know what, man? I don't like the hookah. Really? I don't like the hookah wave. For real? This I don't is hate surprising. it. I don't like it. It is what it is. Why? You're not I dancing? think that took. I, I think you know what it is. People sometimes, when they're not having fun, they need something to do. Facts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> bro. <laughs> hey, hey, yo, hey, you know, even DJs, bro. I, I've seen DJs with one CD player, yep. one mixer, and a hookah, and he does not let go of that hookah, and he's DJing the whole time. And I'm looking at no headphones, and he's not letting go of the hookah the whole night. This doesn't even look right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm not, you know, I understand the hookah is another way of revenue for nightclubs, and nowadays you need all that. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, I mean, I think what people, people forget is that hookah makes you thirsty. You have to have drink while you smoke hookah. You didn't not just smoke hookah. Right, that's up. why back in the days they used to put peanuts yep. and stuff on and a bar. Pistachios. Yeah, and you need man. to drink something. Right, no doubt. I get it. It's cool. You know, I DJ Uptown a lot, and that shit took over there, like. Heavy. You know, it first started, like, I first started seeing it. And use your mouthpiece, mouthpieces, ladies. What is wrong with y'all, man? Like, there's mouthpieces, like, five cents each. Everybody use their own mouthpiece. Out here with one hookah and 19 people. It's crazy. I, I thought it was cool when... I started seeing La Marina, when we mm -hmm. started doing La Marina, but 2012. That vibe outside. That was different. different. Yeah. So it was cool. But then I started seeing it in the club. It started getting crazy, man. I was like, ah, you know. But, like, not all the clubs do hookah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure, I don't think do, do hookah downtown. Not, not many places do hookah downtown, man. Right. Not. You know, and and Marty, I owe, I owe you 100 bucks. You know why. I owe you 100 bucks. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, so, you know. 
So that, you know, you, you ask, what else, what else do I hate? Shit. I have a long, I, can, I have a long. I'm sure I hate a whole bunch of stuff. I just can't come up with it right now. I'm sure there's tons of stuff. That Let's I talk hate. about DJ culture specifically. Is there any, like, there's got to be one thing that you like, ah, you're going on a set. Usually there's somebody to go on before you. Now, the thing about when somebody books a Camillo, he's usually going to book not only an opener, but an opener that goes in between the opener and you, correct? Because you're coming in at like two. So he doesn't want the opener to go at 12 to one. He's like, this, this kid that's bringing 20 people can't go from 12 to one. So they book one guy, another guy, and then you. That doesn't annoy you? Um, it annoys me when I don't know, for instance, I know the openers as DJing, and I'm thinking, okay, this guy's opening. I know where his head is at. I'm coming in, but I see somebody else opening. Mm. That annoys me. Um, that whole wave about, oh, my God, he burned me out, blah, blah, blah. I think those days are over for me. Like, I don't get tight no more. Like, There's too much music. There's too much music, and not only that, bro, you got to just set the tone all over again. It is what it is. You can't fight that and be grumpy DJ. This guy played all the hits. You know, I think, I think for the most part, there is a way to build a night. To have a successful night, you know, and I think there's a lot of DJs that are conscious of that. There's just some that don't give a fuck. Mm. I think a lot of them respect before I get on and know already. So I don't, you know. They don't burn you too often. Yeah, it happens, but, uh, you know, not, not, it's not an issue. I get a lot of complaints from DJs about, like, the way promoters treat them and the way hospitality is in New York City. And their number one spot in the world is Japan. They're like, oh, I get taken care of like a king in Japan. So how is Camillo in Here's Japan? The thing. The nightlife game is a shysty game. Always has been. Yeah. It's always, you know, the promoters always have been there on bad nights. It always, since day one, you know, I've had promoters back in the days run out the back door. <laughs> you know, I've had promoters pay me with fake money. It's happened. Give me you more, know, give me these, more. All these things. I need more of this. I need more all, of this. All, these, all more. these things have happened to me. Like, this is back in the day, you know, um... You know, I've seen all these scenarios. But what was I going with this? I was going somewhere. Talking about Japan, hospitality. Oh, Japan. Well, the thing with Japan is, and I love Japan, and I think the reason why they love it so much, DJs, and I get treated so, it's just the culture, man. Japanese people are so humble. And, you know, they're there to, 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 to take care of you, to make sure you're good. You know, um, Japanese DJs, for example, yo, talk about they do their homework. Mm -hmm. They know their shit. Shout out to DJ Danbo. That's our guy. Yeah. Japanese DJs, they know their shit, man. Sometimes I walk in and like, what is this guy playing? Dan, like this nigga's killing it. You know, th these guys, they know their, you know what yep. I'm saying? Um, so it's, you walk into a different culture. Over there. They, they, yeah, they take care of you, man. Furthermore, you're on the other side of the world. They're flying you in. They know what it is. And, and, and they're happy to have you there. That's the thing. Because they actually paid for you to come. But a lot of times with these buddy passes you guys have been spreading <laughs> out here. And, and these gift, these, talking about gig swapping. What's your feeling on gig swapping? And have you ever fell in that trap where you had to gig swap? What does that mean? Like you have a guy who like has a residency in this venue and he's like, ah, you're in Japan, I'm in New York, I'll swap you this gig for that gig. I've never done that. I ain't never heard of that. That happens every single day. Every, half, half the guys you see traveling places are gig swapping. Gig swapping, buddy passing so the way around touch the down. world. No, they get a free fight using a buddy pass. They gig swap with the DJ in the other country. I know because I'm the guy giving out a lot of these gigs. So I'm telling you. I think that's just a form of hustling and trying to get your name out there. You know, and in the gram it looks. It looks, oh, it looks beautiful. Wow, this guy's getting booked here, 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 there. Wow, he's popping. But is, isn't that what you have to do? Like, all right, ready? So, so at, one, at one point, you're like, all right, it's kind of capping. But at the same time, you're like, okay, but the guy's resume looks good. This is the point. This is the objective. So how can you knock somebody if you're basically doing whatever it takes to build the resume, even if it's a little... It, 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 listen, it, the game has changed, man. It's very competitive. Like you said, there's a lot more DJs nowadays playing for way cheaper and, and you know, to keep up with the game. And how do you compete with Camillo? who has this calendar like this mm -hmm. and, you know, and wants to be here, here, then, then, then to get the recognition. Sometimes maybe that's what it takes. I don't know. I never, you know, been through that. Am I co-signing it? Am I saying that's cool? 
It's just part of the hustle, I guess. We talk about speed a lot today. Mixing, in and out, New York style mixing. It's, it's very, very, very in right now. You do it a lot. I see guys like can't Ben. Can't do it everywhere. What? Can't do you, it everywhere. You can't do it everywhere. But I see guys like Ben who is, a, is nasty at ben it. Ben is a monster. Monster at it. Shortcuts is also a monster at it. And my, my guy Ammo also great, great, great on. What's some of your favorite? NYC DJs, New York City specifically. Don't give me radio. My favorite NYC DJs? Yes. Favorite. Mm -hmm. Well, all right, so I'm going to give you the old school. The back in the day when I was coming up and I wanted to be Kick Capri. I'm looking up in the air like, you got it. that guy, Kick Capri, he's not there. But, um, <laughs> Look, too. I, right. know <laughs> I grew up to flex. You know, I grew up going to the tunnel, going to home base and watching. I was that kid standing against the wall. Mm -hmm. Wow, you know, sucking it all in. Pause once again. S <laughs> three. Um, suppose we got enough. Damn, enough used to be like when he was in a club. Club back in then, I was coming out. I had no gigs. I used to go check him out. There's this club before exit was um. What was the Carbon. Carbon. It's the Oof. library right there, man. Yeah. He's a Morgan Freeman at night like this guy. Yeah. The other guy I used to always also really, really look up to is Tony Touch. Tony Touch, like, he's such a purist man and he had he had his own wave, you know, Latin wave, which I followed and he was ill. Um nowadays it's tough to say, man. Uh so okay, so let's say in Miami I like um, Don Hot. I think he's a great DJ. I need New York. I need New York. In New York. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yeah, you're not about to jump and, and, around you know, Well, here's the thing. I, and, and I'm not trying to dance you at all. No, you, I'm not. I'm not trying to. Here's the thing. The thing is that since I'm playing every night. You don't get a chance to hear people. I don't get a chance to see other DJs play. It's very rare. That. I even think about that. You know? And that's facts. Super facts, yeah. That's facts. So... You know, you know, we could bring up Big Ben, but to me, Big Ben is not new wave. Like, the guy, you know, I already know what I'm going to get with new Big Ben. Yeah. Ill DJ. Shortcuts. Ill DJ. Um, nowadays, nobody, like, really, you know. Pops. But you see, that's the thing. It's exactly what you said earlier. It's, it's the reason why DJ Camilla works so well is there is a warning. There is... There is a big, there is like this brand that you've built that's so massive, that's overshadowing basically. Even if you have a guy who's killing it, it's not enough. It's not enough. No, nowadays you got to have the full package. I mean, you want to succeed? You want to succeed? You have to have a following, straight up. Yeah. You have a following, pack club, and you can play good, you're winning. When did the Without, If you don't have a following, bro, you're done. You're DJing. Listen. Here's the difference. People go to, and I, I, I'm just keep talking about downtown because I think, you know, it's easier to talk. People go to Marquee to party at Marquee. They're not there for the DJ most of the time. That goes with One Oak, that goes with Up and Down. They're really there for the DJ. They're there for the party, for what it is, mm -hmm. for whatever, you know, whatever the, 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 the venue built. It's rare, it's rare they come and follow and see a DJ. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're 100% right. And I think that's also why I branded the way I branded. Like, a lot of people have asked me, like, why would you put your name in the brand? And I've been said, you, I want to be able to go to a Two Bros Pizza and throw a party. I was tired of the club overshadowing what I was trying to do at all times. I would create a dynamic event, but at the end of the day, it was still Highline Ballroom. It was, there's, there was no, right. you know what I mean? So... To your point, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that that is the correct way to go about it, to completely build a brand that speaks volumes past, like, like as opposed to what the DJs do now, which is just, I'm a great DJ. I'm, a, I'm put together nicely. I'm skinny. I look good. I have eight off-white shirts, nine Louboutin shoes. I know every single Soho Photoshop. I know every single, I take in a picture at every single escalator known to man. I stood in Chicago that's by the bean. All, that's all I did all cool. that. That's yeah. all cool. That's all great. But if you have the full package, then we're talking. That shit right there is like you're just doing that for the look. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day is what are you bringing to the table? 
You know what I'm saying? Music, following. I keep saying following. Following is very important, man. Like, you know, I play uptown. I play in Jersey. I play in Brooklyn and Queens. Rarely do I play downtown. But guess what? Those people, they follow me, man. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's why I can charge what I can charge. That's why I can move around the way I move around. You know? And, and with that being said, the hustle keeps going on, man. Like, you have to build your brand every year. It's a new audience. You know what I'm saying? You lose a crowd, you earn a, a new crowd every year. You know what I'm saying? The kids I grew up with, they don't party with me no more. They're too old. You know? They don't, they're not even, they don't even like the music I play. But they, today. they, bro, nobody love. I'm not even, people love you. I was at Oasis with, uh, the last time you were at. At the pool party. What? They love you. It's crazy. And, and, that, and that's the beauty. When you have a foundation of following, and once again, you don't create that with a couple of posts on a gram and being at the hot club. You don't create that. No, that comes with years of nonstop, you know, feeding the people. The people just, just following you on the gram, following your music, following nightclubs, making their birthdays so special that, mm -hmm. oh, my God, I partied my birthday with Camilo last year, and we need to do it this year. Where you at? Where you at? That's a following, you know? And, and, and that's, that's half, that, I think that's half the battle, man. I completely agree. We're, we got to wrap this up. I, we can talk all then night. Then we done? We can talk about this all night. We can talk all night, for real. I, give the DJs back at home a little advice on... What, can they, what they should be doing. DJs? Yes. I always say play with your heart. You know, that sounds generic. You know, be yourself. Um, I know a lot of times they want to come up. Yes, play for free if you have to. You, you're, you're in a tight war right now. You're competing with Instagram followers. You got the most, yep. you, you know, the popular girl right now that don't know how to DJ, but she's pretty as fuck. You know, you got to compete with that. But you got to, most importantly, Build your name. I think that's the key, man. Build your name. And of course, play good. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and sometimes, let's say you love Camillo, you want to be like Camillo, it's cool to copy a little bit, but still be yourself. You know? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm guilty. I wanted to be like Kid Capri, because to me, he was like, yeah, of course, I. I tried to sound like him, but I wasn't being him. I was still being Camilo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to learn somewhere. Um, and work, man. Put that, promote your name everywhere. You, saw, you just saw me go to the bathroom, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw a bunch of stickers. What's the first thing I said when I came out so there? I bathroom? need to go get myself a sticker. Yo, like, yo Melvin, get me a sticker, B. We, I need to be on this door. You know what I'm saying? Like, promote your name, man. Promote your name. Before we finish, I do have to ask you, where did the warning come from? When did it come? And why did you pick that specific, like... The warning was just... The, uh, there was this, re this reggae record, a 45 I used to have. It used to say, warning, 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 and get to this chant, right? So one day I was playing up in the Bronx at a Roomba nightclub with Shot to Test Smooth, and I played that, and my man made a joke. Ha-ha, warning, warning, warning. So I, I think after that, we just... We kept on joking around, saying, warning for every little stupid, this fell, warning, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and it just stuck with me. So I just, it just, it's one of those things that just stick with you. And then I, I don't know where we did a warning shirt and Boom. people just started saying, warning, coming up to me, warning. And it just, it became like this label that I started using. And I made it, I made something out of nothing. It's a like, brand now. Know, it's a brand, it's a small, you know. It's a brand. It's, it's a, a brand. It's a, it's a, it's, you know, the geotag like, is still the geotag is still big, right? Huh? You had a geotag with it, didn't you? The the Snapchat filters. Yeah, I used to. I kind of stopped that. A little bit. Yeah, I kind of like you know I felt like that was that time mm -hmm. it was popping, and then it just it just faded fell away, you know. Um, but yeah, man. Once again, promote yourself to the fullest, man. I think your name and your following is everything. Well, I really appreciate you coming down here. Love. For real, man. Thank you so much. Industry Talk, Function House, DJ Kimmel. Make some noise one time, guys. Before we go, before we go, announcing our season finale. This is, season, this is episode nine. Our season finale is September 1st, Oasis Day Party by the pool. Movie. 10 a.m. Schmovie, Arrow West, Tommy. We're going to do the whole team, the owner of everybody. We're, we're Ladies, come in your DJs. bikinis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ladies, it's going to be hot as hell out there. So, yes, please, bikinis everywhere. 
So from that, appreciate you guys tuning in. Till the next time, guys. Morning. I'm in New York City right now on a way to meet with Rick Wander, a good friend of mine, who's his friend Easton. Oak Sunday, I try to be on like the forefront of like the newest hip hop. So like, I'll go a half hour playing Gunna and Little Baby. Like all the new shit. We're gonna do a part two. We're gonna do a part two.